Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, from We Are Scientists, please welcome Keith Murray. Welcome. Hey, thanks very much. Woo. Heck yeah. Dude, can I just say, your mu- I mean, I've, I'm have i a huge fan of music, and your music is amazing. Thanks very much. And you, can, you can say that. Yeah. I can. I did. Yes. Keep you know what? Chris. Permission granted. Speak freely as long as that's the tenor of the conversation. By all means. You know, it, it, it's funny as you progress as a lover of music and such, such as yourself and as a fan of music, you start to take different endeavors in life. And I recently started collecting vinyl, as you can tell. And I All right. And I was looking at your website the other day. So anybody who's interested in some kick-ass vinyl, you guys have this two like two tone blue um the limited edition uh the blue path vinyl yeah um it is wicked awesome our, so uh, our, our on our last record we went absolutely out of control and did <laughs> 10 different colored vinyls plus a standard black vinyl i'm sure we did other dumb crap so this time we were like you know what let's let's choose one really great presentation and go with that yeah, the artwork, the craftsmanship is amazing, and obviously the music on it's awesome. So I would just, you know, put a plug out there. Any, you know, all music lovers, go out to to, to wearescientists.com and, and grab some. But we're gonna get to see you in June at Let's Go Music Fest. Let's Excellent. Go. I shall go. I will <laughs> heed the name, <laughs> and I will go. You know, and not only that, then you guys are hitting up like 17 venues in over in Europe. Yeah, yeah, we uh we we have a bunch of um UK festivals toward the end of the summer and uh you know, because sitting around in London between festivals is fun but not terrifically cost-effective. Uh <laughs> we have we have filled those uh those weekdays with uh with a 9 to 5 job. Yeah. That is playing playing club shows yeah yeah what you know your music journey you know young keith what mm. what did that look like for you and who's one artist in your life that uh that you know kind of inspired you um i mean it's it's hard to hard to pin it down to anyone i you know i had an older sister so very early on my tastes uh we're we're very similar to those of a teenage girls in uh, the late eighties, early nineties. A lot of a lot of Bon Jovi, a lot of Poison. Um, you know, I I sort of you know I I leaned a little heavier than my sister did. I would I would do you know Metallica and Megadeth and stuff. Um, but any anybody that played a fluorescent colored guitar <laughs> was was okay with me early on. Um, and I grew up in South Florida, so, you know, even now I have learned as a touring act, it's pretty hard to visit South Florida on a tour. It's just, you know, it's, it's routing it 
is um, idiotic because it's, yeah. it's it's one one direction there, and then you turn <laughs> around and drive ten hours back. So it's not very convenient spot to route a tour. So we we didn't we didn't really get to see that many national acts. So I mean, sort of the only national acts we would see would be giant ones right. who were playing Miami Arena. So. The first bands I saw were, you know, your Bon Jovi's, your Motley Crue's, gotcha. um, just people that could afford to make the trip down there. So sort of the like indie rock I was into was all kind of local bands, like the the, the bands that made it seem like being in a band was a realistic enterprise yeah. um, were all kind of local bands who didn't really go anywhere. They were all like bands I thought were amazing, but nobody else in the world would ever hear of, except for uh, Marilyn Manson, who were from South Florida, yeah. and who kind of uh, were actually like a, a an inspirational uh, career arc because when we first saw them, they were playing not sold out, two hundred capacity billiards halls. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so that they, they were, you know, they were definitely an inspiration uh, because they were, you know, a small local band that became a giant. Yeah, national enterprise that could afford to return to Miami and play Miami Arena. <laughs> That's uh, so going from Miami to I believe now New York, um, where you've been. Yeah. Um, what what that like creative wise and, and and meaning like in the in the geographical area of music creativity and trying to break through in a, in a scene like New York where there's so many you know artists yeah. trying to break through what how did you guys see yourself, you know, weaving through that? Um, yeah, it's funny because, you know, I think if you're, if you're not in a town like New York, it seems like the, the trajectory is often that you sort of become the head of your scene. Like you, you are the bit, I mean, so, you know, not to keep on harping on the, uh, now rather inglorious Marilyn Manson, uh, you know, they were by far the biggest band in South Florida and every band, every other local band, like really wanted to play with Marilyn Manson. If you can get the Marilyn Manson show, maybe you would get signed to Interscope, you know? Um, so then moving to New York City, it's sort of like the opposite. Every band is kind of like the big heavy hitter band in nice. any other like right. town, you know, like when we when we moved to New York and especially in 2001, when we moved there, you know, it was just it it was sort of the center of the musical universe for that little chunk of time. Um, and so we we Chris and I um, met in college in mm -hmm. Los Angeles. And when we graduated, we moved to New York and kind of were thrown into the deep end. And we're just like, oh, we are. A terrible band like we are we are about the uh 300th best band in new york city at this point so in that sense it was a great place to be because it really kicked our butts i mean we it, it was like a very rude awakening in 2001 to be like oh we we need to write way better songs we need to be way better live we need to be like even just like things like being far more uh, social, like we need to be out meeting people and hanging out with yeah. uh, cool bands and stuff. You know, like we we need to be part of this giant, insane scene. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I'm very, I think, I think New York was sort of imperative for us. Like I think for, for a band like us, it would have been pretty easy if we had been in a smaller town to be like complacent about the, the, what we were up to. Mm-hmm. And New York definitely like punched us in the stomachs pretty immediately. Nice. And it's good. I mean, it's, and it's, and it's a, a testament to, to how dedicated you are to the craft. Right. And, and, and then you fast forward to, you know, for example, in, in June, you'll be, you know, you're on the ballot with 311 and lit. Yeah. And I mean, that's got to like, as, like, as a professional, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome. What yeah. was it like when you guys found out that you had the opportunity to, to do this and then took that opportunity? Um, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, 311 was a band I really loved in like, I, like, I think maybe at the end of high school that the group of friends that I would get together with and like jam in the garage <laughs> would do like, you know, Rage Against the Machine songs and like Sublime songs and 311 songs. Yeah. So I definitely know how to play. I'm sure if I sat down for about 10 minutes, I could probably play all of 311's first album again. Like there was awesome. definitely a period where I could play their first album note for note, yeah. start to finish. Um, so yeah, they they were definitely like, and all the all the bands on the bill are great, but they they are definitely the band that we we're like, oh yeah, then we're definitely gonna stay and like watch Three Eleven for sure. <laughs> we we actually played a festival, maybe last year or maybe a little over a year ago, in Tampa with Three Eleven. Nice. And uh, you know because because we sort of like lean more indie rock, I think I was the only guy in the band with a prior relationship to 311 and i was like no we are watching 311 and you are going i promise you're gonna like 311 and uh chris our bass player they blew his mind he loved he loved them and then they came to new york and we were like we're going to that show so we went and saw them in new york after that as well they they are a phenomenal live band that's awesome that's uh you know it it's i just love to see the progression of you know artists where they were where you know who they like to had listened to when they were growing up and that process and talking about process the creative process you know with with you and we are scientists in developing music what kind of like inspires you how how do you all you know fine tune the songs that you guys create um i mean it's you know it it, it despite doing it for more than 20 years it still is mostly an intuitive process. Like I, I wouldn't really say there's a uh, foolproof. I'm gonna right. sit down, and at the end of this two hours, I will have another song for our album. Mm-hmm. But a big part of it is just, um, you know, coming into this room, which is you know sort of a side office in my house every day, and just you know kind of being being present and like you know ma- making sure i'm i think th- there was definitely a period early on when i thought writing a song had to be like oh i have this idea for a song and so i'm going to sit i'm you know i'm going to do the uh famous right. paul mccartney i woke up with yesterday in a dream <laughs> and like ran to my guitar and then i had yesterday right um and like there, there are times when I'm walking down the street and I'm like, oh, let me put this in my voice notes 
yeah. and then I'm going to write this song later on. But a uh, much more foolproof and much more stress-free way of doing it is just like do making it a practice, you yeah. know, as, as much as like practicing just your instrument, like making songwriting a thing that you practice doing and kind of accepting that a, a good proportion of the songs you write don't need to be songs that any other people will ever need to hear. And in yeah. some ways, like writing a crappy song is a good exercise because you're like, okay, I got that out of the way. <laughs> I, kn I know I could do that. So that as a good baseline piece of crap, yeah. that was great. Um, like it's, it's much more stressful to only try to write the perfect song because that happens, you know, so infrequently that yeah. it, if you haven't written a great song in three weeks, you start thinking, oh, I, I guess I'm done writing good songs. So that was it, you know? So it's it's a much better, more fun practice to say, I'm just going to write songs all the time. And some will be bad and some will be great. And yeah. uh, they'll all have, you know, their own particular value to me. Yeah. Sounds a no, lot it's... like Chris at the roulette table. <laughs> now that seems dangerous and, and i and i think that's i think that's really smart like getting in into the routine right because not all the ideas are gonna just keep flowing right but at least you're taking that time on a day-to-day -day basis like seeing what you come up with because yeah i mean stick. I, I i tend to be like a pretty neurotic person in general so i think like that sort of taking the pressure off of any one song you're working on kind of like fr frees up that uh, portion of your computer of your mental computer to like work on the song instead of like sitting there sweating about like, Oh man, I need seven more songs for the record. Okay. I need one today. And then you sit there like sweating, you know, playing a G chord being like, okay, what can I do with that? I found a G, you know, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> such great insight man <laughs> you know when you know with summer coming around and obviously you know live music and concerts and venues are now you know everything's getting back to normal to and you know to an extent you know having that appreciation for for live music right us music lovers artists going out to perform how do you prepare for like a like a music festival like let's go fest yeah i mean festivals are pretty weird because um like any you know not that we really have a particular warm-up routine that we implement but there is something about playing on your own tour where you just sort of get into the routine of like you know you get to the venue at three o'clock you sound check at four o'clock then you like hang you you know you all go out and go to a bar and like you hang out there then you come back and you watch the support act yeah and then you know you just like fall into a routine that um i think unconsciously makes you feel like oh i i know where this day is headed and it is to me playing the 90 minute show that we've been playing um festivals are weird because you know, it's you're on someone else's uh, turf, yep. often literally in like a sports complex or something. Uh, and, you know, everything is really fast. You don't you generally don't get a sound check or if you do, it's, you know, sometimes the day before. 
Okay. Um, so sort of all of your routines are wildly thrown. On the other hand, festivals are cool because you're often, you know, you, you get to see bands that you might not ordinarily get to see or like even necessarily like say, I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to go to this venue and see this band. Mm-hmm. It's cool to like say, oh, here, here are all these bands and oh, I know them. I'm going to check them out. Um, there is like a sense of um, like kind of, kind of excitement and, and, you know, sort of like you were saying earlier, like a, the uh, ignition of like your general passion for music where you're like, yeah. oh, this is something I'm not normally exposed to. And that's really cool. And I, you know, I like music. Music's fun. I don't care what it is. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be like my genre or bands that I know I love. Like just music is cool. And watching people be good at the thing they've chosen to do is really exciting. I mean, that's why I like, you know, even like going to see like a great stand up or going to see great visual art is often as inspiring as seeing music because it's just somebody having implemented that skill set that's slightly different, uh, you know, physically might be slightly different than what you're doing as a musician, but kind of the, the idea is generally the same, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I got off topic. No, you festivals, <laughs> festivals were fun because there's like kind of an electricity all day, like, yeah. but backstage and in the, in the crowd, Sort of just all day, people are excited to be in an unusual circumstance. Yeah, I would, I would one hundred percent agree with that, and and it's neat too because some festivals, um, and, and we had the privilege of being at Let's Go Music Fest last year, and we often do this music festival on this thing called the Rock Boat every uh, every year as well, and it both of the crowds that we've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by in those two festivals. I would call them true lovers of music, right? They, yeah, they, you have your headliners and then there's people who are there for that reason, just to hear music, hear music that they're going to get exposed to that are, that you're making yourself available and vulnerable to accepting new bands. And that's hard to cultivate, but Liz and Chris and, and, and the Rockboat community and, and Let's Get Music Festival, the people that go there really are in it for that reason and it's so it's such a beautiful thing man when when you get a band such as yourself they're going to be up there and the energy you guys bring by the way (laughs) i mean i'm excited like i was just i was listening to it i was was watching some concert videos and i was just like this is this is perfect for that saturday nice um, now with all the songs that you guys have right you you have a lot how do you critique the set list for such a venue do you do do like the research in the crowd the kind of area you're going to be in or yeah i mean you know when you're if it it definitely varies depending on uh the the venue like if you know if we're opening for another band like we did a tour with uh that band snow patrol Mm -hmm. a few years ago and we're we're really friendly with those guys but we we don't necessarily sound very much like them most of the time but there there is some crossover and on that set list we were very pointedly saying what what are our songs that we think snow patrol's fans particularly will like of ours and it it was a much like softer um airier set 
than we would normally do for our own fans. Um, but it, you know that it, it would be foolish to uh, simply say, you know what, we're going to teach them <laughs> about we uh, how to like we are scientists. Uh, and you Snow know, control needs to sound more like us. <laughs> and, and we and we and, you know we did include some songs that were like much heavier than Snow Patrol ever get, just to also be like, here's here's a different yeah um you know thing that we bring um so yeah i mean i you know i think especially at festivals we tend to um fall back on the songs that we think are most likely to be recognized in our set mm -hmm. i mean that just seems like a foolproof means of uh right. getting getting people to at least say oh yeah i i know who these dudes are yeah um but uh yeah, like you said, I think we we you know even even in our uh, advanced stage, we tend to be a little more high energy than than a lot of bands are, just like physically. Um, so so we try to do include songs that will like uh, illuminate that aspect of our set as well. Well, I have I have no doubt that you guys are gonna be bringing some heaters. So. Uh... <laughs> I'm excited. I'm 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 pumped. But uh, that's nice. it's my birthday weekend. I'm gonna be oh, amazing. You know, I you know Friday night's the birthday. Twenty one. Cool. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally. So you know, be, before we wrap up here, and again, we're so appreciative of your time. Um, the, we are scientists. How did how did the name of the band come to be? Uh, <laughs> it it was sort it was sort of bestowed upon us. Um, after we graduated college, uh, Chris and our friend Scott, who was the original lead singer of We Are Scientists, you know, before we ever really even played any real shows, um, we all moved to the Bay Area together from Los Angeles. So we, we put all our stuff from school in a U-Haul and drove it up to San Francisco. And when we were returning the U-Haul, the guy that worked for U-Haul, you know, came out to check to make sure we hadn't destroyed the van. <laughs> and uh, we kind of all looked like pretty similar. I think we all had like, you know, really short, like essentially buzzed hair and glasses. And we're all probably weighed like 120 pounds each. And he was like, are you guys brothers? <laughs> we were like, no, no, we're not. And he kind of paused and looked at us again and was like, are you scientists? <laughs> and we were like, oh man. Love it. And all, you know, none of our friends let us forget that. So it's sort of like sort of stuck that the three of us were the scientists. Wow. That's awesome. So, I love it. So, it's perfect. So what you're saying is you're not actually scientists. We are not <laughs> actually scientists, sadly. I mean, we've taken back that designation. <laughs> Keith, I want to, uh, you know, thank you again so much for swinging by for a little bit. To chat yeah. About. Thank you. Thanks for having me chat about you guys and your, and your and your tour dates and if people are listening to this and they're not too sure who you are you know where can they go to find about all things we are scientists um i i'm pretty sure all of our socials are you know at we are scientists i think i think we were early enough to nab all of those uh valuable nice. yep. <laughs> valuable usernames <laughs> uh, so yeah we are scientists.com and i'm think our instagram is is we are scientists and our twitter is we are scientists so awesome yeah sweet man well hey we'll see you in a few weeks at let's go music fest cool i'll see you then all right thanks man we'll have a drink for your 21st we we absolutely <laughs> will
Chris, don't go buying that vinyl because it might be showing up on your birthday. Just saying, okay? Oh, wow. Well, all right. We're talking about it, so somebody oh. might have already purchased it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Nice. Awesome. Thanks again, Keith. Well, cool. Thanks, everybody. Cool. Oh.